It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What time is it? Hogdale, that was a question for you. What time is it? Well, I, I don't know. Is it like it's podcast time. <laughs> <laughs> it's podcast wow. time, guys. Wow. Episode 226 of the Pesky Report. I'm Ed Hand, and I am joined today uh, by the man, the myth, the champion of chess and conqueror of the moon, Hogdale. How are you doing today, Hogdale? Are you just start off the episode like that's like a pre-established thing we do? Like, oh yeah, it you is. know, the pesky report lore. You know, we always say, you know, what time is it? You're such a... <laughs> I'm doing great. Just doing great. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, you're not the only legend here today. Um, and I'm not talking about myself. We're joined by uh, one of my, my favorite uh, guests that hasn't actually appeared on the pesky report. She was, however a guest on uh, Baseball and Bubbly back when uh, Bailey and I were doing that and um, loosely associated with the Pesky Report through Soxie Chicks. Um, we've got Crystal O'Keefe on the show. How are you doing, Crystal? You know what? I am hanging in there. I am preparing myself for nine months of working way too much on top of my full-time job. Do you so when you say working way too much, what is it that uh, like your regular? You, so we don't need to talk about your regular job, but what is it that you're about to be working way too much on? Right. So I am a writer and managing editor editor at Southside Sox, and we do our own kind of podcast, like our mothership podcast, as we refer to it. And I am actually going to start doing season or series preview podcasts. So I will be pulling people from different fandoms to each week so that I can have a representative of each fandom on at least once to preview an upcoming series. But I will be doing that for every series to preview. And then Bailey and I are going to go back to a monthly Soxy Chicks podcast because our schedules are a little hectic. And then I do some stuff for Willett's Pen, the Mets website. I do a lot of podcasting and a little bit of writing and some manager stuff as well there. 
And then picture list. I have a weekly call and one picture list. And oh my God. we are, I know. And I am starting a new podcast with uh, someone that reached out pretty soon. I don't want to share all of the details because we're not recording until tomorrow. But yeah, so I'll have about four podcasts a week and a ton of writing every night. But it's fine. I can never complain about being too busy with baseball stuff now. See, I like, I that. Guess. I've got that my is, full-time job. I've got two kids that are doing like after school stuff and a puppy to train. So like if you catch me snooze and just just let me be for a while. That's I I will not wake you up. That's uh I appreciate the heads up. If over the next forty five minutes you fall asleep, I'll just have uh I'll just have Hogdale answer all of the uh the White Sox questions. But, yeah, uh, I went to a, I went to one uh, Red Sox White Sox game. I'm an expert. Like, what do you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all you need to do. One game and you're set. <laughs> but um, seriously, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, come here, especially now knowing how busy you are. Um, how are how spring training been treating you? How are how are the White Sox looking? They aren't actually looking all that bad. I'm kind of impressed with what I've seen. Dylan Cease. Doesn't seem to be as great as he was last year, but it's hard to really top last season for Dylan Cease anyway. Um, Kopech, when he's been more healthy, he has looked really good. And Lance Lynn and Lucas Gilito are in like perfect form. Lucas kind of dropped about 15 pounds and it really helped because he bulked up last year and completely lost control. Um, but then uh, we've got like Oscar Colas and um, I'm not seeing a ton of Andrew Benatendi yet. He hasn't played a lot, but like Oscar and uh, a couple of the newer folks, they're, they're doing good. I think they'll, they'll make it to um, the roster for, you know, once the season kicks in. In fact, they have an Oscar Colas sign up at, Sox Park now and you know Jerry doesn't spend any money so if you're spending money on that it's usually a good sign that he'll he'll actually be there so he's making the team Colas yeah yeah um and then like Elvis Andres has been really good too I forgot you guys got him yeah yeah he's actually he was actually a pretty good pickup I'm happy with that but yeah I mean people are looking great um, any um any timetable at all about Garrett Crochet coming back? I know he tore his uh, UCL last year. Yeah, he is expected to come back in and close this season. I don't know if it's going to be right away, but he is expected back probably like towards May, June is their hope for him. He has been doing some warm-ups. He's been in Arizona at least. So that's a good sign. Is he expected to be in the rotation or is he going to just be back in the bullpen? Because I remember they were talking about him starting before he got hurt. And then, yeah. You know, um, damper on that. I think they're going to do the same thing they did with Kopech, you know, two years back where they had him in the bullpen to come in um, and then kind of transition him to a starting lineup. That could take a little bit. I know it took a really long time to get Kopech fully stretched out, and I still worry sometimes that they made it a little too quick. So hopefully they'll give him time to really fully stretch and not continue to injure himself. But they do have a plan 
in place to get him back in starting positions. Okay. The, yeah, the, the pitching for the team, uh, I mean, you guys got the worst possible news with uh, Liam Hendricks. Uh, it was a uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, right? Yeah. So aside from that being an entire just just awful thing that he has to go through team also is without a closer um what what's is there going to be like a closer by committee situation until he's ready to come back or is it is there one guy that has an edge i know they have kendall graveman there and a few other guys with closing experience what's the uh what's what's the talk of that right now it's it'll probably be kendall graveman more often than not Uh, ronaldo lopez has been in that role before and is actually, I trust him, honestly. Um, so I think there are a couple guys that can fill that gap while Liam is out, because obviously he's he's not expected to return this year. At least that's what we're hearing now. So, yeah, it'll it'll be kind of the Kendall Graveman show for quite a bit, which is disappointing and a huge downgrade <laughs> from Liam. But, you know, we obviously want him to get better so he can come back one day. Yeah, I, uh, I got a quick question here. Uh, obviously, like the White Sox last few years have kind of dealt with a bit of like underperformance, a lot of injuries. God, the injury luck has just been horrific for y'all. But uh, are you feeling like optimistic about maybe some players bouncing back considering that senile old fraud is finally gone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, there are a couple players that I feel okay about. Eloy Jimenez just injured himself today. Yohan Mangada injured himself the other night. Like, it continuously happens. So my only hope is that they've, like, revamped their strength and conditioning coaches because I feel like that's that's the only way they're going to even stay healthy because, again, like, Kopech falls off a mound and is out for six weeks. Like, that's just kind of how it goes. Absolutely. So I'm not super optimistic. I'm trying. Oh, there's a, a like a bit because like it seemed like just uh, the pitching look, especially last year, was just awful. Like uh, Lance Lynn obviously got hurt early in the year. Uh, it, he looked a lot better in the later stages of the year, though. I'm pretty like optimistic about him going forward. And uh, Giolito, that's a very weird kind of like just shocking regression from him. Like, uh, do you see like him bouncing back at all? Um, maybe. I really think that for a bit, Liam was using some sticky substances and that was yeah. really his highlight of 2020. And once they got banned, he, it didn't help that he had gained like all that muscle weight, but then he's got to basically completely redo all of his mechanics to even get that thing over the plate. Um, but I think he looked, he started to look better towards the end of last year. So I'm hoping that follows through. I mean, he's so close with the pitching coach anyway. So I'm hoping that's that was just kind of a bad season. He's learned he can pitch again without sticky substances. But he's looked he's looked pretty good so far this year. I mean, on paper, it's a very nice little rotation the the White Sox have. You've you know, Lynn, Cease, um, um. God, I'm having a brain fart now. Lynn Cease, uh, Giolito, yep. the other guy. <laughs> I'm <trying to> pop <laughs> it. <laughs> Just... But wow. then you've got you've got a little bit of an elephant in the room there, and that's uh, Mike Clevenger. Um, 
what's you know he didn't get suspended but some pretty it sounded like there was some pretty shady behavior going on for him um what's been the general feel around like uh white Sox fans are people like willing to let bygones be bygones with him or do they want him to you know just take a little more responsibility for what's come out like how how are people feeling about the about all that yeah so not great you have your typical kind of toxic people with like anime profile pictures they're like <laughs> oh my gosh nothing happened he's fine this is this is my starting picture and i'm like okay well he's not gonna sleep with you buddy and then <laughs> you've got like the normal people that are just kind of like it's still shady he still had to settle he was settling and he had to go to therapy and that's really what the accusers wanted the most was just for him to get therapy and grow from this you know they were very um, open about how, yeah, he did a lot of this stuff that we're accusing him of, but we just want him to get better. Like, we don't want to see the downfall of him. I, on the other hand, want to see the downfall of him. Like, I want him <laughs> off the team. He is no good. And the White Sox have been playing, like, tone deaf this entire time. I don't know if either one of you saw it today, but the White Sox – posted these like inspirational things for women's history oh, month no. oh no they did all oh, come and on. the worst one hold on let me pull up the worst one. Oh, oh no because i was just like how what how but how do you do this well you can't do that like you gotta fucking practice what you preach like you can't put these things out and then have a guy like him on the team like i just no. feel bad for whoever's running their social media today so this was oh. some affirmations for your lock screen. Oh, God. Oh, no. The the worst one, in my opinion, was <laughs> she who can be her most unapologetic self, even in the most uncomfortable environments, has true power. Don't be afraid to stand out and take risks. Is, and then another that, one with a mirror. Oh, no. Another no. one with a mirror, and it says, you are your power. Oh, no, is that like so a bad. horoscope or a fortune cookie or like nope, they're just what? these little cute girl boss pastel themed oh, no. words of affirmation we've got one that says you belong here <laughs> and then create your own path which that one was cute but like the rest of them i'm like read the room dudes read the room Oh, is, God, the, the poor social media manager. <laughs> is there, like, a little... The I have this that. in my head, like, like those Valentine cards yeah. where they'll, like, put the person... Is it just, like, all Clevenger next to these things? <laughs> that'd, be fun, that'd be terrible. Oh, my God. Just <sighs> these little little pastel words of affirmation for all the, the women that like the sport, I guess. I don't know. It was so stupid. They got dunked on. They're still up. Uh, one Do of my friends... Seen? Huh? Do you feel seen now? Oh, totally. I feel really <laughs> respected. I'm really going to girl boss my way through this season. Um, can't wait. They noticed me. Oh, is, is that... So, I I don't get terribly, like, personally invested in the players one way or another. But does it make it, like... Like, when, he, with, when he's on the mound every five days, are you just, like, mm -hmm. not even going to watch? Or, like, how do you... Like, if there was, like, just, just for my own, like, bio... If there was, like... If they brought in a player that was, like, vehemently anti-Semitic or something like that, I 
I don't know how I would be watching it. Um, yeah. Like, like what, 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 what do you think you're going to do when he's on the mound? So, I can say for Southside Sox, the days he's on the mound, we're not covering it. Uh, we'll do like our six, pa- and I normally do six pack of stats. That's kind of my go-to thing. And then I'll do like the bird app recap. But on those days that he's starting, he is not even going to be a footnote in any of those articles. We have, we, you know, posted a statement saying we don't cut, we don't want to cover him. We can come up with something silly, goofy, fun, or we can just ignore his existence, which I plan to do. Um, So we're not covering him on the site. And it happens that he will be the opener on their home opener. So that's going to be a disaster in itself. Um, But it's kind of like how I felt with Rolf Chapman, especially during that World Series with the Cubs. I was watching it. I, I wanted to watch. I mean, I watch every World Series. But he became one of those players where if he did anything, even remotely positive, I was donating money to domestic violence organizations. Like, because especially, and I mean, it's not just women that go through this, but there are so many mental gymnastics that we have to take in order to watch the sport that we love, but then deal with, you know, accused abusers on our screen, on our team, you know, someone that we're supposed to be cheering for. Um, So it's tough. Like I'm not going to cheer for him. I'm not going to cover him. He, even if he has a no hitter, I'll be like, okay, anyway, like, I don't, I don't care that you did that. So we've all kind of taken a stance. And I mean, a lot of us are really against it. You know, White Sox Twitter, after this happened, we all pooled a bunch of money into like a GoFundMe to create two billboards that will be close in proximity. Like when Jerry's driving to the park, he's going to see it. And it just says, sell the team, Jerry. <laughs> by disgruntled fans. Dude, Jerry Reinsdorf genuinely is such a fucking embarrassment to the sport. Dude, it's, it's like... He, he does. He, he owns the Bulls too. And it's just... Like, yeah, you can tell teams. because of like fucking just how either just inconsistent or majorly just bad they've been since Jordan left. Like, they had a few good years with Derrick Rose, and it's just like, man. And then you had yeah. a good thing with Lonzo Ball, and his knee exploded. Poor guy. Oh, my gosh, yeah. He'll be out next year, too, now. It's but, so yeah, we, we even have these signs that are going to stay up for, like, three months. So the first three months, of, like, they just went up a couple weeks ago. Well, he runs a team like he's not – it's 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 just such Wilpon energy when they own the Mets. Like oh, You gosh. own a team in New York. And you're crying poor. You own mm-hmm. a team in Chicago, like the third biggest market in the United States, and you're crying poor. Yeah, you're a billionaire crying poor. Like, what the fuck, dude? Spend, we, open up your pocketbook. <laughs> we we have a term for this when it's like a a rain delay. You know, people are in the park, they're getting their beer. They're paying a bunch of money, and then it gets canceled, and we're like, "Well, you've just been Reisendorfed. Like that's the thing <laughs> among so Chicago sports fans. I, I feel for y'all. Just some of the worst ownership in the entire league. My God. Yeah, and for the, the White Sox to just play dumb and act like, "Oh, we we weren't aware 
about these accusations. And I was like, buddy, you could have Googled, like put a girl on this case, like put one of those girls. It's like really vengeful and always wants to like stalk her friends, new boyfriends. Like we're like the FBI put a girl, like a millennial girl, give her a laptop or a phone. And she's going to dig up all the information from the past, like 30 years on this man and what has happened in his life. Like they, they didn't do any due diligence with this, with this guy, which that's so white socks, but still come on. This is a guy that's in like the public, the public view too. We had uh, somebody get outed in Red Sox Twitter as like a predator a couple weeks ago. And I swear, like, you know, within like five minutes of these DMS coming out, the guys like job, address mm-hmm. like his his doctorate paper like everything that this guy has done every foot like it, part of his internet footprint was like suddenly available for anybody online i would imagine a guy like clevenger who you know he's been in the public presumably since he was in high school you know yeah. like, that's how, like how quickly people are scouted these days like it's all out there mm-hmm. yeah he's like i said they didn't they didn't put any of the fbi girlies on so and now they're like, well, we're going to wait until MLB puts down what they want to say. And I was like, well, that's not a governing body. Yeah. So maybe like read the room. You've already got Daryl Boston as your first base coach. Maybe don't hire another abuser. Yeah. Who would be like, say they cut him tomorrow for you know, like something like something even worse comes out, which, you know, realistically could happen. Mm-hmm. Who's the number five starter if that happens? Oh, boy. Ronaldo Lopez. He's done it before. Yeah, he's done it a few. And he's good. Like I said, there he's one of those where I would love it if, you know, at least the first couple of months, couple starts, we could do like a Kopech three inning, Lopez three inning you know, go from there. That's like the perfect duo. They both know each other's strengths or, you know, Lopez Kopech do one of those where they kind of alternate starting roles um, and get them both stretched out. So their arm doesn't fall off. (laughs) But yeah, I think if it all goes down, they're not going to go after anybody new. So they're going to place Lopez in that position. That makes sense. Um, you know, there's a guy. There, there was a bit of a trade uh, last year between the Red Sox and the White Sox um, that I was personally very happy about. Um, I don't really hate on players very much, but um, I did always uh, go and walk my dog any inning that Jake uh, Diekman was pitching because um, <laughs> I was guaranteed to be able to take like ten minutes. And mm-hmm. when I came back up, there would be two men on, like one out and a three-one count, and it was like this. This, this pretty much always happened. Uh, but what has your outlook on the uh, Jake Diekman Reese McGuire trade uh, been? Yeah, I am the same way. I it was painful watching him. It was just one of those like you want to yell at your screen moments. And I liked Reese McGuire. Yeah, he's done some shady stuff in parking lots, but like. I liked him. He was at least he was only harming ball. his own reputation and not any like actual like other people. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll I'll say what I I always say about that. It was a Dollar Tree parking lot. Was what, what was he <laughs> supposed to do? Not celebrate his savings? Like, come on. He probably got some really good stuff. I mean, yeah. 
<sighs> but yeah, so I I was d- disappointed to say the least. I don't I don't like Jake Diekman at all. So he's not good. We we all uh, in Red Sox Nation like when the season started like we had like the copium you know like oh no he's gonna he's gonna figure it out he's gonna throw strikes it's how like we were with Darwin's and like he'll figure out how to throw strikes the stuff's just so good guys come on he's gonna he's gonna be good <laughs> and then it's just a tragedy every single game like absolutely you're, you're, garbage oh my god gripping there on was your a chair. second the the strength of a thousand fucking you know print, like presses just. <laughs> There was a, oh a second uh, reliever trade also um, that happened that more recently. Uh, Frank Franklin Herman was traded to the White Sox for Theo Dedlinger. And um, while many people were probably like, well, who, who the hell cares? Theo Dedlinger is a blacksmith. Mm-hmm. He's a blacksmith who made like a bat out of that's also like a that doubles as an axe or something in like the shop <laughs> that he built in his front yard. Um you guys are over as far as I'm concerned. You guys are over two on trades with the Red Sox. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we are. We don't. We're like oh and five hundred on trades in general. We do not make great trades. I'm sure. I'm just like now remembering the other uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. for James Shields oh. trade. That just is, oh. that's a trade that happened. <laughs> Yeah, there was that. That's insane. I mean, we made we made that one good one, the sale for Kopech Mancada. Like that worked. That for was everybody. fine. Everyone was very happy with that one. Yeah, it was like peace. Um, that trade would have been perfect for us if we didn't get sale all that fucking money like way too early. <laughs> That's true, and he he is worse than Kopech with staying healthy. So. He really is. Kopech isn't at least at least Kopech like isn't you know tripping on his shoelaces and breaking every bone in his wrist. You know, no. <laughs> honestly, or, like, like things with his his predominant hand. Wasn't that like punching out his roommate though with uh, with Kopech <laughs> at the time? It was something like because he was still in the Red Sox organization. Like, like that guy, I, I, he he seems like uh, like like a like a movie waiting to happen just because of all like the kind of like wild stuff. Like between that, and getting married to that girl from um, from Riverdale, like and then, oh my God. And getting divorced. Like it just seems like he leads like a pretty exciting life, you know. I mean, he's got a new baby mama. A new baby, a stepkid. Uh, actually, I don't think they are legally divorced yet. Like, I think there's, they still might technically be married, but now he's with, like, some kind of hippie Jesus girl, and they have a new baby together. <laughs> Good for real. Bitchy and hippie Jesus I was girl. an option. Like, I was an option. <laughs> My husband understands. <laughs> I was an option. We had a very special moment once. While he was warming up at a game, I didn't realize how loud I was when I said, I love you, Michael. And he looked right up at me and gave me like a peace sign and like nodded in agreement. And I was like, well, <laughs> we're dating now. Yes. That is, I, I, I think that is first base. That, yeah, it you is. You got to first base with Michael Kopech. Mm-hmm. It was. Absolutely. Like we were planning the wedding out on Twitter. Someone asked where our registry was for and like. I was right there, but he went with hippie Jesus chick. You could change. You could become hippie Jesus chick. 
Um, you know, I don't know that they will accept me. Um, uh, I literally have a devil girl tattooed on my leg. That's awesome. Well, you know, he, he we all have our crosses to bear, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this has gotten a little uh, sidetracked. But, uh, wow, baseball, huh? I was just yeah. planning out my wedding. Yeah. Oh, my God. Getting, getting back to, like, some extra stuff about the team. Uh, like, Luis Robert is obviously a guy with <clears throat> just unlimited like ceiling potential. It seemed like he had a bit of a, a rough season by his standards last year. It seemed like a lot of injuries really hampered him. Like, you know, What do you expect out of him this year? I think he's going to be great this year. Um, I had a lot of hope for him, you know, just playing in center field last year because he can cover, it felt like the entire outfield, just him, because, you know, we had very lackluster outfield like we had Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn out there for most of it and poor Elio Jimenez who is so no, he loves it out there though he's so terrible he loves in the it out outfield, there. But he doesn't want a DH his unbuttoned um, shirt I love that man yeah. <laughs> um but I have a lot of confidence in him he's been great he's been really fun to watch in spring training and everywhere else so I think he's gonna have like his comeback year he was showing signs of it kind of towards the end last few months of the season last year that he was kind of back and I think he'll be back in just full ready to go mode by the season because he's been great so far this spring training who's I'm going excited to be the, who's going to be the odd man out of uh the outfield between Jimenez Robert um Colas and you know, Andrew Benintendi, the seventy-five million dollar man. Uh, oh, who's who's going to be of getting all the, the DH that, time? That they're going to pay Andrew Benintendi. Like, I know that one didn't make sense to me. Um, I I mean, I think it's going to have to be Jimenez because he's got a power bat, but when he goes in that outfield, he can't stay healthy. He's running into nets. He's running into everything. He's tripping over himself, like. I think he's going to just have to reach that point where he says, hey, I'm going to be on this team. Then I'm going to DH for a bit. And maybe I can have a couple days every once in a while in the outfield. But, like, he's, That's a he's our best bet. And, and he can – like, he just such – he can rake. Like, he can mm-hmm. really rake. He's got the tools to be, like, one of the best hitters in the game. The dude, he just has to stay healthy. Like, Eli, for the love of God, man, like, we're – we're going to chain you to this DH spot and you cannot go anywhere else. Like we refuse. Double wrap. Like that's what he needs. And you know, Ben attendee is really abysmal at the plate. Like he can't DH. Maybe, maybe Oscar can, but you know, we haven't seen that power from him yet that, you know, Jimenez possesses. So. What are your expectations for Ben attendee? <laughs> Like he's just, he's just, he's fine. He's yeah. literally just fine. He's okay. Yeah. He's one of those players that you're just like, oh yeah, he is on our team now. Okay. He had a lot of for all of the singles this year. Yeah, he had a lot of nicknames in Boston. You know, Benny Baseball, Benny Boyfriend, Benny Butt Cheeks, but Benny Boring is kind of the most accurate for him. He's um. He's not going to embarrass anybody. He's just, yeah. he's not going to do anything particularly exciting either. Yeah, it's like he's got uh, he's got a good, yeah got a good glove, hits for decent average, 
uh, does not hit for power mm-hmm. like at all, and plays yeah plays some good defense. If he can just get on base every game, then he'll have met my expectations. But in the I mean, meantime, two on base streak is probably that's never been done in, in no, history. It hasn't. So we'll see. I mean, at least like ninety. If we could just settle for ninety games on base, that would be great. But until then, we're just hoping that the White Sox create a new chicken tenders meal for him called chicken benatendis. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's all I want. I can't eat it anymore, but that's all I want. You know, I was wondering since obviously Jose Abreu is now a Astro, which is crazy. God, I, the Astros are so goddamn loaded. Uh, who, who's even playing first base for y'all now? Andrew Vaughn. Andrew, oh, okay. Yep. I can He's, see that for sure. Between him and Gavin Sheets, they were both first basemen anyway. They're both terrible in the outfield, so it'll be Andrew Vaughn completely taking over that role with Gavin Sheets intermittently when you know he needs a break. A first baseman with an OPS plus of 111 is less than ideal. Oh, yeah, no. well, you know, we, we can't all be Jose Abreu. <laughs> so it's good. It's not like the deal that Abreu got was that unreasonable from the Astros. Like, Mm-mm. for the love of God, Ryan's were match the fucking contract. <laughs> well, there was a lot of stuff that came out after that took place where Jose Abreu was basically saying, like, he didn't feel like a leader. He didn't feel like there was good leadership in the clubhouse. Okay. A lot of that obviously stems back to La Russa, but it seems like there was a little bit more kind of, I don't know, like just more fighting inside the clubhouse than what was led to believe, which there was an article that came out about that, about how, you know, it's kind of chaotic in there. Players aren't really getting along like they used to. Like they just were no longer kind of vibing. There was just a lot of attention in that clubhouse. Obviously letting go of Dallas Keuchel relieved a lot of that tension, but it was still there on the surface. And again, I have to think it was a lot of Tony La Russa and then just kind of poor spirits anyway, because they were, they were so bad last year. They were just, not even subpar for most of that season. So for him to come out and say that was kind of a a punch in the gut. But I can't really blame him. He deserves a ring. And the White Sox wasted him for so long and could never get him a ring. So, you know, if they make it to the World Series this year, I will for once in my life just be all in Astros because – I want him to have that ring. He deserves it. He seems like he seems like such a fun player to get to root for every day. Like that's just like he's just such a good hitter who doesn't seem to like like Hongo was saying. Like three years, twenty million a year. That, that's mm-hmm. perfectly reasonable for his production. Yeah, I mean, we called him the R- RBI merchant. That's how good he was. That's how fun he is to watch. Like. He was my, he's probably still my favorite player, despite not being on the White Sox anymore. Like he's up there in my top five all-time favorite players. That seems like he just, he came up and like when he first came up, it was just immediately good and just was mm-hmm. good his entire tenure. I also worry because the White Sox have this like crazy Cuban pipeline going and it kind of, 
obviously didn't start with Jose Abreu, but he was kind of the new generation of that Cuban pipeline. And, you know, I don't think we would get players like Luis Robert or Oscar Colas or like any of these people from any of these countries if we didn't have Jose Abreu on that team. He was kind of like their mentor and he really brought them in and they've all been super productive. Like they've been great for organization. So I'm really worried with him gone that that might decrease a little bit, which will suck even more for us. Who becomes the face of the offense now? Um, is it is it Tim Anderson or is it one of the outfielders? It's it's probably going to be Tim Anderson just because, you know, of all the batting titles and he, you know, the iconic like choke imagery that we see with him. Um, he will, I think he will be the face, maybe Yohan Moncada if he does have a good year, but I still think Tim has it. I mean, he's aside from Leary Garcia, he's the longest tenured member on that team. He's won batting titles, you know, he's just, I think he was already the face of the organization, even with Abreu on the team, but yeah, he will definitely be the one this year that people are going to look to. Is um is Andres going to be starting at second base? Is he going to be a utility guy? What's what's his uh, role going to look like? My hope is that he will start at second. I have a feeling it will be a utility position, and that they're going to keep Garcia at second, despite him just not producing anything ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, my hope is that they will realize that that's where he belongs because he has been really good. Um, Oh, I forgot. We also have Billy Hamilton back. He might be in the outfield too a little bit, but yeah. um, My hope is that he's second and it's not Larry Garcia anymore. Cause man, that guy's got to (laughs) go. He provides uh, nothing. Do you think Billy's going to make the team? I completely forgot he was with the White Sox. I did too. I think, (laughs) I think because there are always so many outfield collisions, he will be there at some point. It might take until May for, you know, Eloy to get injured again or Andrew Benatendi to get injured, but I think he'll make it up. Yeah, it is a it is a pretty injury prone outfield there. So it kind of surprised me that they let um, Adam Angel go, honestly, just because he see like he seems like such a I, I can't imagine I think he's with the Angels now or something or the mm-hmm. Padres and it's like you know he's on the White Sox he's always on the White Sox yeah I was so disappointed when that happened I was like he's one of the most consistent in the outfield he's always there he's always there making those like ginormous leaps to steal home runs he you know, caught the last pitch for Julio's no hitter. Like he's always there in those iconic moments. And he also is just very good to look at from behind. <laughs> so I was very mad that that happened. It didn't well, you got make that intended now at least. <laughs> not the same. No, it's not the same. Oh, gosh. I gotta say though. Uh, don't mention that to Bailey on Soxy Chicks. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Billy Billy Hamilton was probably the happiest man in America, like when like the fall role changes came, because like his role is like being just a designated pinch runner, like just like came back in a big way. 
He, like, he might steal 80 bases this year. Who knows? He might. What? He's such, like, a magnetic personality. He's a big fan favorite. You know, he might not have produced a ton during his time, you know, during regular season, but he was just so loved. And this was the same when he was in Cincinnati. Like, he would be at this local bar all the time, and people would just come in and, like, hang out with him after games, and it was just wild. Like, he's just a man of the people. And he is just so charismatic that you just can't help but to not just be in love with Billy Hamilton. And he's got such a perfect smile. Like he could be a billboard. Him and Andrew McCutcheon could be like billboards for like a dentist somewhere. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Dude, if only he could ball at all. Like fuck, he'd be one of the best hitters of his generation because of how unreally fast that he is. Yeah. You can't steal first. I mean, the Red Sox have a guy like that in Duran too, and it's all—it's you know—it's it, you got to be able to put the bat to the ball. It's the hardest thing to do in any sport. With Duran, it's worse because he's a terrible base runner. <laughs> it's the same way yeah, that he's that's... a terrible defensive outfielder because he has no instincts whatsoever. <laughs> To be fair, it, he, he I got nothing. I was going to try to come up with a defense there for him, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I've, I've had a month of, of Rymel Tapia and being reminded like, oh, a fourth outfielder could actually be like a good fielder. Okay. A competent. Like, yeah, I love like, it, Adam Engel here. You know how many guys just like last season for the Red Sox just lost the ball? Just saw it go over them oh like 50 feet. Like, it, 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 it was ridiculous the amount this was happening. Like, those guys like Engel. Hamilton's a great fielder too. He is. He's a great one out there. Yeah, and not just because he's fast. Like, he actually, like, can get good reads on the ball. Mm-hmm. He does. Who do you think is going to be, like, a surprise for the White Sox this year? I think, and this is this is saying a lot because he is my age, which is considered a grandpa in baseball years. I think Yasmani Grandal is going to have a redemption season. That's I, I think a lot of people have forgotten Yasmani Grandal is on the uh, is on mm-hmm. the White Sox. Yeah, he's he our primary. So guy. bad last year. Oh he, my yeah, god. He was awful. Um, but the White Sox like to post these like hype videos of guys working out. Whatever. I saw the Yasmani one and I was like, okay, okay, that looks good. But he also does a lot of things with other organizations. Like he does stuff with like for helmets. He does all these cool different videos and trainings and stuff for these other groups. And I follow a lot of that. And, you know, he's lost a little bit of weight. He's gained a lot of muscle. He, he feels confident that he's at full strength again. You know, he's had his knee surgeries. Um, so I really think he's going to go back to like Brewers, Yasmani Grundall. Like, I think he's going to be surprisingly a lot better this season. That's my hope. But I really I see that happening the most. Well, like forgot overnight. Like, yeah, it's funny. All like a three or four year run before that, where he was debatably the best catcher in mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, like, unreal defender. It's like sneaky great batter. Like just a on base in, machine. Yeah, yeah, on base machine. Barely hit for average, but man, could that dude get on base? And he hit for power. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, last yeah. year, just the production just <laughs> vanished. He either walks. Or he bombs it out of the field. Like those are his options. And you know, we always use that money ball gif of because he gets on base. Like anytime he does anything, it's because he gets on base. We love Yasmani. 
And, you know, he he was still able to do that last year. He just wasn't really hitting for power. And his knees were clearly bothering him. But, like I said, he's been looking really good um, from everything I've seen, all the updates I've seen from spring training. Like, he looks like he's back to maybe four or five years ago. I mean, that's going to be huge for them if they can get a middle-of-the-order bat out of that. Um, his backup, or at least I think he's going to be the backup this year, uh, Sebi Zavala. Mm-hmm. Is he, like, major league good? Because I remember he had that three-home run game last <laughs> year, and it kind of, I think he had five home runs on the season, so he got more than half of them in that one game, but he hit fine. Um, yeah. Is he going to stick for the season, you think? I think he will, yes. Um, because, like I said, Dathmani is a little up there in his age, so I think we do need somebody that's really reliable. But also, Sabi can come in and DH when needed because he he can hit for power. He's actually really good at bat. So I think he'll stick around for sure. There aren't any other, like, good options. Like, we have nobody in Charlotte or Birmingham. Like, we've got nothing on the farm right now. So The cupboards are empty. (laughs) Yeah, it's not – it good. wasn't that long ago that McGuire was like the third catcher there, and you guys had Zach mm-hmm. Collins. Um, like, I mean, I mean, his glove never really turned into anything, but that was there was still like some legitimate catching options yeah. there. It was really fun watching Zach Collins be great on the Blue Jays um, because he couldn't do anything here. He has. He's on uh, cameo, like, what by the way. What was that? Zach Collins, he's on Cameo if you ever need him. I thought about it as a joke because I got Scott Pesednik to endorse me today for this like 108 tournament. I lost, but it's okay. The legend. But I was like, if I maybe I'll just like troll everybody and get Zach Collins to endorse me. Like, what could go wrong? Uh, you know what's kind of funny? Uh, speaking of Chicago people and um, and Cameo, a couple of years ago, we paid Rob Blagojevich, like the former governor, to do a Cameo for my friend, who's like very um, aggressively conservative. And the whole thing was just like, just this like massive trolling of him where like he was, he ended up like reading him. It was like, it, it went on for like five minutes and he ended up reading him like this Irish hymn. Now my friend also has a very like, he, he's very um, Indian and has a very Indian name and like Blagojevich couldn't get, pronounce his name right. And he would say, he was like, I've got an Irish hymn that I want to read for your birthday. I'm sure you're not Irish. It was just stuff like that. Like he just kept going it was it was it was one of the most amazing experiences i think i've had for like paying anybody to do anything i wonder if he's still on cameo i need to look this up we thought about doing rudy giuliani the next year but then we didn't want to give him any money so it was like okay we're not doing like this is we have our limits Mm -hmm. but a hundred percent recommend if you want to get blagojevich to say something for you he'll run with it like he he just likes to talk I'll remember that next year. That'll go over well on Twitter. <laughs> Imagine for like a baseball Twitter thing, you just have him doing it for you instead of Pacific. <laughs> I was like trying to go for like the dreamy vote. Like I don't particularly care for his accent, but like he's dreamy. He has the most perfect veneers. He's clearly had some Botox done. Like he looked great. Very fast too. Yeah, he's got all that World Series money. Um, 
So I was like, I'm going to go and get all the girls to swoon over Scotty Pods because that's what I did. And he's very well known for that walk-off home run in game two. So, like, he's a legend here. And it still didn't work. That's I was up against somebody way too good. Uh, that's that's the problem. Like, sometimes it's just a matchup thing, you know? Yeah. Like that time I had to fight Hogdale. It, it didn't go well. <laughs> when did this happen? I don't know. Did I sleepwalk for this uh, one? Tenji Budokai or whatever it was we were talking yeah. about before oh. this. Oh, of course. Yeah. It was your warm up match before Goku. Yeah, no, it was it was wild. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we we touched on this a little bit, but what was the Tony Larusa experience like, and how happy are you that it's over? God, I am. <laughs> The fact that we got someone that is at least coherent <laughs> and under the age of 60 and has more recent and relevant experience, like the bar for me was in hell to replace them. <laughs> so they got like someone that knows the rules. You're not going to catch him snoozing in the dugout. Um, you're not going to catch him defending the other team and letting them hit their player. Oh God. After a three and a home run. Disaster. Oh my God. Like the fact that we don't have to, and I feel like he's still going to be involved in some way, which kind of sucks. Cause he's Ryan's drinking buddy. Yeah. Um, But I really liked Pedro. Like I thought, okay, this is good. He's got a chance. He was like immediately out in the community doing things on the South side of Chicago, which is like unheard of for these like higher up Chicago people. Um, You know, he was really, he like spoke really well. He was just a ray of sunshine after like five years of, well, I mean, it wasn't even five years, but it felt like five years of just constant like downpour gloom and doom it was just this like ray of sunshine it was like oh okay i love this because you can at least manage a team it was so good it was such a relief it was like leaving a toxic relationship behind you know it was it was like therapy finally helped and you could get out of that situation like i mentioned it I mentioned it to my therapist. I was like, you know, I'm really relieved because Tony Larson <laughs> is gone. And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Sometimes I make baseball references in there and she was like, yeah, okay. I'm just relieved to learn that I'm not the only person that does that now. I do. I do, I got to ask one last question about Tony Barusa. Uh, how much, uh, what percentage of his tenure as White Sox manager do you think he was under the influence of Ambien? On all of it, a hundred percent, just hundred percent. Even the the, like winning ugly days. I mean, I don't want to like say that he probably had to get an Uber after each game, but he probably had to get an Uber after each game. Like, oh, he let that Uber driver know who he was. It's like, hey, don't you fucking know who I? I'm Tony Larusa. You're making me pay for this Uber. You kidding? I'm Tony Larusa. Go through that red light. I have a shirt that says Hall of Fame baseball person after that. And I mean, it was good because proceeds went to like 
drunk driving organization to like help prevent it. But oh my gosh, it was just, and again, they didn't do their due diligence. They knew about the second DUI when they hired him. Dude, I, I, think- I just don't, under the level of ego it takes to be a don't you know who I am guy in real life, like that's your actual personality, like bro. <laughs> Do you think that it's that they didn't do the due diligence, or do you think it's just that they didn't care? Um, In this case, they didn't care because Jerry wanted to right a wrong after Hawk fired La Russa back in the day. Um, So he was just trying his best to right a wrong that should have stayed, you know, away from us like he should have never came back in the first place so in that case they just didn't care jerry was going to get his way i know rick hahn was not not thrilled about it um and felt really out of the dark but i can't give any sympathy for rick hahn because he's honestly just as bad if not worse he he needs to step down jerry needs to sell the team like we just need to just move away from these people but you know, well, we the, won't. Well, the good news is that Jerry Reinsdorf is 87 years old, so I'll be there with you to celebrate his death when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> this is a World Series parade. It's going to be a funeral parade. Dude, it's, it's like you guys are in the same position the Blackhawks were in. Like, for mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. they're just waiting for your owner to die. Like, the team's not going to go anywhere until this dude dies, and then after that, we can move forward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Black that's a whole other situation. It's a lot worse. Ed, I don't know if you I knew this. Back in the day, back in the day, you could not watch the Blackhawks on TV. Yeah. Like why? In the 90s. That doesn't, so one, I did not know that. I don't follow hockey. But two, what? What? How? How did? How? How does the because team make the money owner then? because the owner fucking he's like I I can't be showing this on TV because then no one will come to the arena. Mm-hmm. Right, but TV deals are, are lucrative. Like what? No. No. What? No. <laughs> no. He what? wanted. Asses and seats, buying beer. <laughs> like, like that. You could not, as a Blackhawks fan, watch the Blackhawks on TV. You had to go to the stadium to watch the team play. This yeah. was real. <laughs> I... Could you imagine that, like, in baseball pre-pitch clock? Like, you always have to go, like, <laughs> like, 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 just sit there for four hours? Like, ah. Brutal, I mean, man. I do it. I love baseball that much, but yeah. Yeah, the Blackhawks are a total mess too. I mean, even I now, they're they they it's <laughs> a whole there thing. isn't there isn't a single good owner. Maybe the Chicago Sky. But other than that, there is not a good owner. Like the oh, Rickets yes. are just as bad with the Cubs, right? The Caskies are awful. Yeah. Chicago. Awful. So I think the Chicago Sky might be the only people that are like, okay. They are morally correct. Is that the WNBA team? <laughs> yeah, that's our WNBA team. And they're good. They I'll say, wait, who owns the MLS team? Who owns the Chicago Fire? Yeah, I don't follow the fire at all, but I do follow this guy at least. We just have bad ownership. We have corrupt people. Some MF named Juan owns the fucking uh Chicago Fire. What a is guy. It just, is, he doesn't even have the, the, a last name. He's just Juan. What? No. Sorry, wait, it's Joe. I don't know where I bred Juan. <laughs> I'm fucking, dude, I'm goofing. Am I on the ambient? Did I get high off of yeah. fucking Were Tony LaRouche's ambient supply? Yeah. Dude, Tony's this is my like, guy, man. 
Agdil, I've got a confession for you because some of the Sunday episodes, I've taken an edible right before the beginning of them, and I'm just stoned <laughs> out of my mind at the end. That's so, awesome. you know, if you were to do that, I'm just saying, like, I don't know what the laws in Iowa are, but if you no, were to man. do that, I would like I wouldn't call the 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 pot black. You know what I'm saying? I'm on the uh, the the CM Punk lifestyle, the straight edge society, bro. Come on. <laughs> oh man, I can't drink, and it's not legal in Indiana to do other things. So no. I will not partake in recreations. <laughs> I have never in my life smuggled it across state lines. No, who would do what? No, no one would no. do that. No one would. No. Would cross the border of anything no. with any I other don't substance. Even know what that marinara stuff is. So, yeah, the jazz cigarettes, as the kids are calling it these days. <laughs> I was actually completely sober um, at my very first, like, post-pandemic concert. Yeah, of course, um, just like every other good uh, good Christian child who went to that show. Yeah, because everyone stays sober for Kim Gordon and St. Vincent in like a big crowd post-pandemic. So I was um, sober, <laughs> as can be. That's Literally. awesome. Didn't get lost. <laughs> I bet we can all stick to our, you know. Our moral lifestyles, except me. Apparently, that's just like, yeah, dude, I'm getting fucked up before we record. <laughs> yeah, you should too. You want to be cool, don't you? God, Ed, the peer pressure. Yeah, Ed was the Ed was the peer pressure my parents warned me about. <laughs> dude, my dad was telling me the other day um, that when he was in college, um, he, he my, my dad's not a like like if he were if he were doing it, he would tell me. But not a big marijuana person. But he said that when he was in college, um, he got like peer pressured by his three like dorm mates, one of whom was Art Garfunkel's first cousin uh, to smoke. And I guess Garfunkel's cousin goes, you ever hear of peer pressure? Well, this is it. (laughs) This is it. You're missing out, though, if you're not like smoking with his first cousin. Yeah. Talk about like six degrees of separation. Yeah. No, so he, like, end of the day, he wins. He had a roommate, I think, that, like, uh, has a comet named after him that used to do LSD all the time. Like, oh 70s were wild, man. It'd be funny if, you're, uh, if your dad was like, don't you know that the song Mrs. Robinson is anti-substance abuse? <laughs> <laughs> like, like... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you, got, you got any other questions, Hogdale? I, I, I'm fucking at a loss. At He's a little point. loopy at this yeah, point. That ambience kicking in. Oh yeah. Uh, do you have anything you wanted us to ask, but didn't, but we didn't, Crystal? I don't know. I mean, we covered everything. I am optimistic yet reserved. I oh. am going to a lot more Mets games this year than White Sox games. Go Mets. Um, that's pretty cool how how did you how did you if you're in indiana how did you work that out well they are coming to milwaukee which is not a like they're going to be um in milwaukee for their home 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 opener so my friend colleen and i she's my other mets girly we are going to go up there i think it's like april 2nd or something is that game um, so we'll go see them there. They come to Cincinnati quite a bit because, you know, NL teams. NL, yeah. And then I'm going to 
drive up to Pittsburgh in July to see them there because PNC is gorgeous. Park. Um, so I'm trying to. I don't know if I'm going to make it to New York this year. That was originally the goal. It might just be Baltimore, but you know, hey, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I'm probably going to see the Mets a bit more than the White Sox. It I've only purchased that. one ticket so far for a White Sox game. I think that yes. says everything we need to know about the state of the White Sox. I will ask one more question, and that's just prediction of their record. Just shot in the dark. <laughs> what do you think the record's going to be? Um, or just wins. Gonna, you don't even have to say the loss. It's just how many wins. Yeah, I'm going to be generous and say 97. Wow, that's a lot of wins for them this year. I think the AL Central is still tragic. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> The Guardians. Like how it's good. like they're, they're terrible, but they're also almost going to win a hundred games. Right. That's the that's the issue with them. The dichotomy of fandom. They like <laughs> luck into a a win every once in a while. So, Mr. Magoo's of baseball. I don't know. It might be lower though, because now like other bigger, better teams are coming in. But we'll see. God, Detroit and Kansas City are both just such tragedies, and they're in the same division. <laughs> That's a fair I, point, actually. Like, they're basically to... guaranteed at least third place, no matter no matter how they play. <laughs> yeah, um, even a worst case scenario, like that's third place. <laughs> All right. So, anything uh, anything you want to plug before we uh, before we sign off? Um, you know, obviously follow me on Twitter. My handle's right there, Crystal underscore OK. Um, I am sometimes fun. You will start seeing a ton of stuff coming out um, on Southside Sox and Pitcher List for me. And then stay tuned for another podcast soon. And uh, follow Soxy Chicks, too. That's Bailey and I. Um, Like I said, we'll be doing one episode a month, just kind of a recap of the month since we are very busy women. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, follow me. Follow those accounts, and you'll see a lot of my work. (laughs) A ton of work. I'm going to be so busy. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll check back in with you like nine months from now. Yeah, it'll just be like, November. It'll just be like, did you ever play like the, the Sims where like you forget to have like, you forget to have them sleep and they just fall asleep standing or on the floor. <laughs> it'll just be like cut to a Sim doing that. That's going to be me. It's going to be like in my kitchen and I'm just like cooking dinner, but falling asleep. And then, like, it's, um, it's like that meme from Coraline where it's just the dude looking just so just disparaged at the keyboard. Like just, yes. just a hot. It'll be me like at midnight. The White Sox lost their seventh game in a row. I'm still covering this team though. Morale is low. <laughs> yeah. It's like a shit he's not here now. Fuck it's still his fault. Somebody Fuck to blame it on this year. But yeah, so I'm all all over the place for baseball season. So the best way to find me is Twitter though. That's where everything gets posted unless it dies in the next like week. Which I mean, always, always a risk now. It's a possibility. So get in there while it's still hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was Crystal O'Keefe. Thank you again so much for joining us. Um, we'll be back yeah. in a couple of days. I think we've got a Rays guy coming on and some pirate stuff. I think Jordan Leandre was on. Um, I don't think we've released that one yet, but uh, so yeah, lots of, lots of stuff to come as we inch closer to the season. Uh, Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time.